MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. Former Bradley welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. we got a great podcast for you. It's in the second segment. We're going to be joined by Justin Perry of Oddchecker. He does a great job taking a look at the game of baseball. We're going to be taking a look at some more interesting betting angles for this Monday because we've got a doubleheader that's going to be going down between the Detroit Tigers and the Kansas City Royals, how he winds up playing those sorts of situations. Also, We've got one of the teams from Sunday Night Baseball that is going to be hitting the mound. So, I'm going to dive into that, how to be able to gauge some of these starters that are getting their first couple of starts in their career as well. So, we're going to have a great chat with Justin in the second segment. Then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Monday as we touch them all. Also, when we touch them all, going to be giving you my VSIM pentathlon pick as we're doing that over here at the Vegas Ads and Information Network. Every show, they are making pretty much one pick a day throughout. Today, we are all picking a total, and may the best man wind up winning this competition. It's every single show, plus myself, Adam Burke, and Wes Reynolds that are in there. So, I'm going to try to wind up having victory there, but if you have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at unit underscore 81. 
Keep in mind, letters here. They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please send these into the timeline. And the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're both firing whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. Really didn't mind getting in any Twitter questions today, but we had some fun baseball on Sunday. So let's take a look back at it. Try to find some trends in. Try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. The New York Yankees blew a four-run lead against the Boston Red Sox. 11-6, Red Sox get it done as all four games in this series wind up going over the total. And for the Red Sox, they salvage a split as you wind up having Jameson Tyon get shelled in this one. Six runs given up over the course of five innings, including a trail of home run surrender. Franchi Cordero's fourth home run season. Christian Vasquez is fifth. J.D. Martinez is ninth. And the bullpen from there wasn't great. Miguel Castro... Gives up four runs, two of which were earned while not getting a single out. Albert Barreo from there puts out the fire with two scoreless innings. And not often that you see Rolda Chapman in the sixth inning, but he took a loss, giving up a run in his inning of work. And for the Boston Red Sox, they managed to piecemeal this game together with their bullpen. Nick Pavetta got destroyed, giving up six runs in three and a third innings, including a pair of bombs. Giancarlo Santin, 22nd home run of the season, and Matt Carpenter is 10th. But from there, Edekaza Sadamora gives you two scoreless innings. Matt Stram, Ryan Brazier, they both contribute a scoreless inning. And Caleb Ort was able to give you five outs on the bullpen scoreless. Also out there in the American League East, you wound up seeing the Toronto Blue Jays take an L to the Seattle Mariners, 6-5 the final. And the Mariners, all of a sudden, three games above 500. This has been quite the turnaround as you wound up having Logan Gilbert give up four runs over the course of six innings, including a pair of bombs as Remy Altapia gets his fourth home run season. And George Springer is 17th as for the Blue Jays, what cost them in this one? They don't have any pitching at this point. Maximo Castillo wound up having to get the start. He gives up three runs, one of which was earned over the course of four and a third innings as... We have a Carlos Santana sighting. He wanted going deep off of him for his sixth home run season. Later on, off of Adam Simber, his seventh as He has now had three home runs in pretty much his last 11 innings after having four all season and being legitimately awful prior to this recent stretch as Simber winds up giving up two runs, one of which was earned in one and a third innings. David Phelps, pair of outside the bullpen. Tim Mesa gives up a run and an inning. And Trevor Richards, pair of outside the bullpen. And for the Mariners, They've got a top three bullpen in terms of VRA over the last five weeks. Penn Murphy gives up a run in an inning as he allowed a solo shot to Bo Bichette, 14th home run season. From there, you did wind up having Matt Festa and Paul Seawold both give you a scoreless inning. The LA Dodgers wind up covering the run line as they are now 56-29 and 29 and 50 of those wins have come by two plus runs. 11 to 9, the final. You end up having the Chicago Cubs up in this game by a count of 5 to 0, and then later by a count of 8 to 3. And they don't even cover the first five in this game. As for the Chicago Cubs, you end up having Drew Smiley not be so smiley after this game. He gives up four runs over the course of two innings before Matt Schwarmer. He got just swarmed. He gets a pair of outs. Gives up four runs, one of which was earned. Mark Leiter Jr., he winds up giving up a run in a third of an inning that was unearned. You wind up having to get three innings out of Anderson Espinosa, giving up a solo bomb along the way. Chris Martin gives up a run in an inning, and then Rowan Wick, he gets a scoreless inning of his own as Freddie Freeman had the home run in this one. 11th home run season, and for Julio Arias, not a good start here. He gives up five runs over the course of two innings, including home run. From there, Phil Bickford gives up three runs in an inning, including home run. Going deep for the Cubs, you wind up having Mr. P.J. Higgins get his fourth home run season. Later on in the game, it will be the second home run of the season for Nelson Vasquez. And 
If you're wondering what wound up happening here, well, you wound up having the first home run of the season out of David Bodie. He winds up going deep off of Phil Bigford as David Price gave up the other home run, giving up a solo shot in his third of an inning, but Bruce Arter Gradrall gives you two scoreless innings. Alex Vesia, one and two-thirds innings scoreless, and then Yancey Almonte, Caleb Ferguson, both put up a scoreless inning as for the Chicago Cubs, just a not-so-great display in this one as they wound up blowing this game. You wound up having a game that was pretty much blown by the Tampa Bay Rays as they wind up losing their entire series against the Cincinnati Reds, 10-5 the finalists. The Reds put up a touchdown in the third inning. Nick Lodolo, not necessarily the world's greatest start, not necessarily the worst start, gives up three runs over the course of five innings, including a home run. Dori Moretta gives up nothing in his two innings of work, and Alexis Diaz, a scoreless inning, but Joel Kuhnel gave up two solo runs in his inning of work, going deep for the Tampa Bay Rays. Rene Pinto, second home run season. Josh Lowe was able to get his second, and Randy Arena was able to get his tenth, but for Shane Boz, the Boz did not deliver. He gave up seven runs and got seven outs, including a trio of home runs going deep for Cincinnati. Mike Busak, his fourth home run season. Jonathan India winds up being able to get his third, and then the sixth of the campaign for Tyler Stevenson. From there, the bullpen tried to stabilize, but you wound up having Phoenix Sanders give up three runs in one and two-thirds innings. Charm Armstrong, three scoreless innings, and Ryan Thompson was able to give you a scoreless setting as well. The Atlanta Braves are unable to cover the run line in this one, but they get the job done against Washington Nationals. 4-3, to three, the finalist. Paulo Espino gives up two runs over the course of four innings, and then we saw something uncharacteristic. A good Washington Nationals bullpen appearance of sorts. Kyle Finnegan does wind up giving up a solo run in one and two-thirds innings as Oscar Riley gets his 23rd home run season, but he wound up having Carl Ward Jr. get four outs out of the bullpen scoreless. Tanner Rainey, two scoreless innings. Steve Ciszek, Andres Machado, both give you a scoreless inning before Jordan Weems, who's become the everyday Ray King for this Washington Nationals team. He winds up allowing the man that starts on second base in the 12th inning as one of these teams really went through their arms. Ian Anderson gives up two runs in five and a third innings still only. Gives up a solo run in his pair of outside the bullpen going deep for the Washington Nationals. Lane Thomas, his ninth home run of the season. From there, you did wind up having Darren O'Day, Tyler Madsett combined for two scoreless innings, and then Jesse Chavez, Colin McHugh. They both give you two scoreless innings apiece to be able to get that one to the window. The Baltimore Orioles are one game below 500 as they are now riding a win streak. They wind up taking down the LA Angels by a count of 9 to 5. And for the Baltimore Orioles, all of a sudden, things are working for this team as they are riding an eight game win streak. They wind up getting no home runs in this one, but 5 of 10 with men in scoring position. And Austin Voth wound up blending his longest start of the year, giving up two runs over the course of five innings, including a home run surrendered to Monte Harrison. From Harrison, his first home run of the season. And I still remember when he played for the Wisconsin Timber Adlers and it like a buck 60 for a year. So, still very strange to see that. But with that, Sebag Sassy, a little bit later on in the game, he would get his fifth home run of the season as he winds going deep off of Rico Garcia. But Rico Garcia gives up two runs over the course of his inning. Brian Baker gives up a run in an inning. But Dylan Tate and Felix Batista, they both give you a scoreless inning. And for the LA Angels, Jose Suarez, not a good start here. Giving up four runs in three and two-thirds innings. Elvis Piguetto entered the building and then he left it, giving up four runs, three of which were earned while getting just two outs. Aime Barilla, he gives up a run in two and two-thirds innings. And you wound up having a scoreless inning out of Jose Marte of the Marte Parte. The Milwaukee Brewers wind up losing a pair of games to the Pittsburgh Pirates this weekend as they wind up getting destroyed by a count of 8-6. to six. As for the Pittsburgh Pirates, a trio of home runs 
a quadrant of home runs led to this victory. Daniel Vogelback, 12th home run season. Michael Javis, his 10th. Austin the Say is good, his 4th. And Oniel Cruz winds up getting his 4th as it was not necessarily the worst start here for Eric Lauer. Three runs, but only two of which were earned over the course of five innings. From there, Trevor got, 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 as he wound up giving up a pair of solo home runs in his inning of work. John Del Gustave gives you a scoreless inning, but Chichu Gonzalez, he winds up giving up two runs, including home run in his third of an inning. And Brent Suter, he winds up giving up a run in one and two-thirds innings. And for the Brewers, he did have Andrew McCutcheon go deep late. His eighth home run season off of David Benar as Benar. He's been relatively shaky recently. He winds up giving up two runs over the course of an inning. And Jose Quintana, four and a third innings, giving up four runs, all of which were earned. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, Chris Stratton winds up getting the win. And Chris Stratton with his 5-14 ERA and... As a non-starter, by the way, he now has, I believe, seven wins this season, which is just absolutely remarkable. I have no idea how it's happening. I think it's actually six, but, man, he winds up getting a pair of outs out of the bullpen and he gets a win. Manuel Benuelos, along with Dwayne Underwood Jr. and William Crow, also give you a scroll of saying says the Pirates. I believe that they've got seven wins from their starters thus far this year, and I'm not even kidding. Sandy Alcantara for MVP needs to be picking up some steam. 2-0. The Miami Marlins, they take down the New York Mets. Our DK Nation pick was on the Miami Marlins money line, and Sandy Alcantara was money. Seven scoreless innings. Now it's a buck 73 array. Has won seven plus innings in each out of his last 12 starts. This man is the most meaningful player to his respective team in all of baseball right now. I will not be told otherwise. Anthony Bass, Richard Blyer, Tanner Scott. I'll give you a scoreless inning from there. And for the Miami Marlins, you wind up having John Birdie wind up getting three hits in the first seven innings. And those were the only hits that the Miami Marlins had until the 10th inning. As Tywin Walker was terrific. Taiwan Walker, seven scoreless innings from there. Drew Smith, Edwin Diaz, they both give you a scoreless inning, but Tommy Hunter comes in in the 10th inning, gives up two runs, one of which was earned. Those were the lone runs of the game. You do wind up seeing the Cleveland Guardians get held down by the Kansas City Royals 5-1. Kansas City is able to get it done as for the Guardians. 0-6 with men in scoring position, and Zach Plesak allows four runs, three of which were earned over the course of his five innings of work from there. Sam Antiches gives up a run while getting two-thirds of an inning. Anil De Los Santos gives you an out out of the bullpen before Trevor Steven and Nick Samlin both give you a scoreless inning and for Zach Granke. I mean, the home and road splits with him are very prevalent. Five scoreless innings as he's got an ERA hovering right around two at home, north of seven on the road. Jose Cuas, Dylan Coleman, Taylor Clark all give you a scoreless inning before Joel Payamps winds up giving up a run in his inning of work. The Detroit Tigers continue to be the best under team out there in Major League Baseball, along with the Houston Astros. We'll get into the Astros in a second because they played another under themselves. 4-2 to two, though. The White Sox take down Detroit as... Drew Hutchinson, not a terrible starter here. He gives up two runs over the course of six innings. He was taken deep by Gavin Sheets, second home run of the season. From there, Michael Fulmer gave up two runs, both of which were unearned in his two-thirds of an inning before Gregory Soto gives you an out of the bullpen. Alex Lang was able to give you a scoreless inning as well. And for the Detroit Tigers, Javi Baez winds up taking Michael Kobach deep. Ninth home run of the season. That would be really the low mistake. Kopech makes as he gives up two runs in five and a third innings. Jimmy Lambert, pair of outs out of the bullpen before Kendall Graven, Liam Hendricks, and Ronaldo Lopez. I'll wind up giving you a scoreless inning. You did wind up seeing the Astros go on the road. They get a 6-1 win over the Oakland A's as Jake Odorizzi, very sharp in his start. After he wound up having a rough go of it on the 4th of July, he bounced back in this one with seven scoreless innings. Phil Mayton does wind up giving up a solo home run in his inning of work going deep for Oakland. He wound up having the first home run of the season out of a little bit of an unlikely source in Vimel Machine. He did wind up also getting a scoreless inning out of Brian Abreu. And then for the Oakland A's, not necessarily the 
relief appearance that Austin Pruitt was looking for. He wound up giving up a home run and four runs in total over the course of three innings as Kyle Tucker gets his 17th home run of the season. For Cole Irvin, not a bad start here. Took the loss, giving up two runs over the course of six innings as offense and the bullpen could do nothing to be able to help him out. The Colorado Rockies were helped out by a very good start from Irma Marquez as they take down the Arizona the Diamondbacks by a count of 3-2 to two as Marquez gives up just two runs over the course of seven innings, including a home run to Quetel Marte of the Marte Parte. For Marte, that is his sixth home run of the season. From there, you did wind up having a pair of scoreless innings from Alex Colmay and Daniel Bart. For the Arizona Diamondbacks, Tyler Gilbert, five and two-thirds innings scoreless before this game is lit on fire by Josh Rojas, committing a pair of errors as Keenan Middleton, he comes in, he gives up three unearned runs in his inning of work. Joe Manad Tipley and Kyle Nelson combined for seven outs out of the bullpen without allowing a run. So the Colorado Rockies get to the window thanks to a pair of errors being able to help that out. The San Diego Padres, this entire game was an error for them against the San Francisco Giants, 12-0. San Francisco winds up getting it done as Boomer Flores wound up having himself a big game. Pair of home runs, his 11th and 12th home runs of the season as he winds up taking Mackenzie Gore deep early on in this one as Gore just gets absolutely gored. Eight runs given up over the course of three and a third innings for Mackenzie Gore. It is now the third time in his last five starts in which he has given up at least six earned runs. And it's very interesting because he's given up six plus runs and now three starts thus far this season. And he's got one other start in which he has allowed more than two runs. So go figure there as he wound up having the other home run for Mr. Flores come off of Matthew Batten. He is a backup second baseman. That is not necessarily what you want as he allowed that solo run in his inning of work. Tanner Scott, two and a third innings scoreless to Nelson Lamette, two and a third innings. He allowed three runs, still strange seeing him out of the bullpen. And for the San Diego Padres, nothing to him for the offense. One of nine with men in scoring position. Alex Wood laid the wood, seven scoreless innings. And then Junior Marte of the Marte Parte was able to give you two scoreless innings. The Minnesota Twins, they go on the road. They wind up taking down the Walker Texas Rangers to salvage that series. 6-5 the final as Byron Buxton winds up going deep off of Dane Dunning. 23rd home run of the season. And then Brock Burke winds up a long home run to Ryan Jeffers. 7th home run season for Dunning. He did not get her Dunning in this one. He gives up 4 runs over the course of 2 and a 3rd innings. From there, Matt, give me some more. 1 and 2 thirds innings scoreless. Matt Bush gives up an unearned run in his inning, but Brock Burke gives up that home run over the course of his two innings of work. And then you do have Joe Barlow along with Garrett Richards. Both give you a scoreless inning. And for the Texas Rangers, Corey Seager was able to get his 19th home run of the season. He has started to match all of a sudden. That winds coming off of Yohan Dern, who allows that home run in his inning of work. Dylan, don't call me Al Bundy. Picks up the win despite the fact that he gave up four runs over the course of five innings. Killed Theobar, Griffin Jacks, Ty Duffy. They all wind up giving you a scoreless setting out of the bullpen. And then you do wind up having the Philadelphia Phillies. Winding up falling to the St. Louis Cardinals by a count of 4-3. to three. Just the second time this month that the St. Louis Cardinals have exceeded three runs in a game. So that's not necessarily too terrific. But they were able to get online here as for the St. Louis Cardinals. A relatively solid start out of Andre Pallanti. Does give up three runs. Over the course of five and two-thirds innings, giving up a home run to Kyle Schwarber. For Schwarber, that is his 28th home run season, but the bullpen had its back as he winds up getting a scoreless inning from both Jordan Nix and Ryan Helsley, and you don't mess with the Johan Oviedo. One and two-thirds innings scoreless, and the Cardinals did wind up stranding 10 men on base, but Albert Pools wound up having an impactful hit in this one. His fifth home run season, that comes off of Christopher Sanchez. As Sanchez 
He was pretty much a bulk guy in a pseudo-bullpen game, giving up two runs, including that home run over the course of three innings. Jurisic Familia, Andrew Bellotti, both give you a scoreless inning as Sir Anthony Dominguez takes the on this one, giving up a run in his inning of work, and Nick Nelson winds up providing two innings as the opener in this one. He allowed two runs, and if you're taking a look at baseball right now, we are starting to see quite a few unders, 208 unders to 185 overs over the last three days. That is nearly 53% to the under, and all of a sudden, the dogs have been a barking. You take a look at the last seven days of Major League Baseball, and favorites are just 52 and 46. That means that underdogs are hitting right around a 47% clip in this time span, in the span of the last seven days, by the way. 54 unders to 41 overs, so that's nearly 57% there, according to covers. And if you take a look at Major League Baseball for the season, 52% of games have one under the total 631 unders to 583 overs. And favorites may have been still having a relatively solid season, 756 and 520 straight up, but the underdogs, they're starting to bark. And for home favorites, Laying their run line with them has not necessarily been great, as we have already seen now 156 games in which a home favorite has won by approximately one run. Did not cover the run line and home favorites overall this season, 482 and 335 straight up. So that's what we're seeing in Major League Baseball right now, and that's what we wound up getting on Sunday. Now let's turn it forward to Monday, and let's take a look at some handicapping angles with our good friend Justin Perry of Oddchecker. We're going to be chatting with him next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Family Podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. 
Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. 
In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife... It's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. 
When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in Love you, Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family of Podcasts, and great to be joined by our guest as Justin Perry does an absolutely amazing job taking a look at the game of baseball over there at Oz Checker. And on top of that, I know that this is a guy that he does an absolutely terrific job of being able to take a look at what we're getting in terms of NFTs as well. I know that he does that over there at the Collective. That is at Collective XYZ. So he is a man that is well-versed in that regard. And I know that he's doing a nice job with his modeling over there at Number Edge as well. And to be able to follow Justin on Twitter, that is at Justin Perry. And then the number eight with the last name Perry spelled P-E-R-R-I. And Justin, great to have you aboard. Thank you. Greg, always a pleasure to be here. It has been really excited. We actually just launched Collective this week, so it's been busy, but it's still a lot of time to talk baseball. we got an exciting week coming up. Yep, we do have a very exciting week coming up, and we've got an interesting opportunity in this one. As Currently, as we're doing this, there's no numbers up on the board for the Tampa Bay Rays and the Boston Red Sox game for Monday, but as of right now, it looks like it's going to be Jeffrey Springs versus Ryan Bellow with Bellow that's a little bit more TBD because the Red Sox wound up just throwing him into the rotation. But what I think is interesting about Monday's game here is because the Red Sox are not just coming off of Sunday Night Baseball, and that's always a nice fade spot for me. But as we know, typically Yankees-Red Sox games, they wind up taking like four-plus hours, which means that the Red Sox, they probably aren't going to be able to start traveling to Tampa until like midnight, if not a little bit later local time. And I'm not sure about you, but I have to downgrade any team that winds up playing on Sunday Night Baseball. And I might need to downgrade the Red Sox even a little bit more, just given the circumstance here. I don't know if you've got some specific fade spots that you like to be able to take a look at. But for me, Sunday Night Baseball is always a massive one. It really is, Greg. I mean, I'm already going to be just waiting to pounce on that money line for Tampa. You know Boston puts almost everything they can into that series with the Yankees. It hasn't gone too well thus far. Again, when we're recording it, we haven't seen maybe too much. But nonetheless, I really think that what happens is these teams come in way too tired. You're going to maybe look at a great spot for the Boston team total under. Springs has performed decently. It's not like the Red Sox are the best team against left-handed pitching. They have played decently against them this year, but they could see maybe a bit of a drop-off from the norm. Yeah, I agree with you. I do think that you could wind up seeing a little bit of a dip in production there because I mean, it has been a case of which with the Boston Red Sox, they have not won a series this year against an American League East foe as well, which I was brought up to me actually by Matt Peralta of Props.com, and I found that to be very surprising. I knew that the Boston Red Sox were having some relatively demonstrative splits against teams with a winning record versus a team with a losing record. But I take a look moving forward with the Boston Red Sox. I think that they've got a relatively decent shot of being able to make the playoffs. And as a matter of fact, if the playoffs were to start today, we'd be seeing four teams in from the American League East. I think that that illustrates just how historic of a season the Yankees are having. But I've got some concerns moving forward with the Boston Red Sox, especially throwing out their guy in Bellow, who I think that in a few years he's going to be a solid starter. 
He just doesn't seem ready right now to be up there at the big leagues along with someone like a Cutter Crawford. I have to agree with you there. He is not really polished at all, right? So he hasn't been here very long. He has already faced the Rays, so they will have a nice look at him. Allowed four earned runs in just four innings pitched against them. A lot of walks. It just did not look pretty. Now he might get that nice boost from pitching at Tropicana, but I still don't think it's enough. I like Tampa to probably take advantage here. This is a great spot for them, Greg. Yep, I agree with you, and I just love being able to fade a lot of these younger guys that they wind up coming up to the big leagues as well, as we do have Justin Perry joining me on the podcast. Always feels like first few starts for a lot of these guys that they wind up making their MLB debut, start number two. They just always seem to have quite a few nerves behind them. Now, there are certain spots in which I will take a look at a guy making his first or second start, like Shane Bosleyes here, for example. I absolutely love what I saw on the minor league level. He wound up coming up. He looked very solid for the Tampa Bay Rays in those first few starts that he wound up making in his career. But more often than not, I find myself fading a lot of these guys that they do wind up making their first few starts at the big league level. I'm not sure how you feel about these guys, but I do think that it is a little bit of a case in which you do want to be throwing out that minor league ERA just a little bit. Look at the peripheral numbers and oftentimes when I see a guy that's walking over three guys per nine innings at the minor league level, that's just a guy that I can't back. Yeah, definitely a great point. I'm with you 100%. What I try to do is go and sift through that minor league noise a little bit. Try to also understand the situation as to why the pitcher is being called up of course you're going to have your late summer call-ups when a guy is really doing well in the minors and that's probably a similar scenario to Baz who is a solid pitcher and has shown to be one but sometimes in the scenarios that you find the Red Sox in right now they just don't have the pitching depth and sometimes they're rushing the product to market a little bit here you're getting these pitchers when they're not totally ready and it's usually a good time to pounce on it I know right now the rotation is the weak point for this Boston team. Yep, no question. It certainly is. And with Boston, I mean, if they could just find a little bit of pitching, you got to figure that they're going to be buyers at the trade deadline. If they wind up being able to bring in a few arms, you know what? They've got the offense that they're able to hang with the best teams out there in the American League. No, they wind up upgrading that rotation, though. I think it's going to be a little bit tough. And we're talking about guys that they might wind up making their first start. It's going to be interesting to see what we wind up getting in the double hundred between the Tigers and the Royals. As per usual, we don't wind up having any numbers up on the board in terms of this double hundred just because, well, folks, they want to try to protect themselves because we wind up seeing a lot of switcheroonies in terms of the pitchers. Sometimes you think a guy is going to go to game one. Turns out they're actually going to be going game two. Looks like we're going to get Brad Keller for a game for the Kansas City Royals, Michael Pineda for a game for the Detroit Tigers, and we don't know who that number two starter is going to be, most likely with the Royals and the Tigers, seeing the way the things have been going for them. Probably a young guy that, much like Mr. Bellow, probably should not have gotten set up to the big leagues. That is probably going to be getting set up to the big leagues, and I always think that this is fascinating as well. Taking a look at double headers because I know there are some people that they love to be able to take them before the game winds up going off. There are some that they love to see how game one winds up being able to go and then wind up being able to make their determinations for game two from there. How do you wind up playing doubleheaders? Because I think that you've got to do more than just the zigzag theory because I found this year, if you wind up just taking the team that winds up losing game one, it's about 50-50 thus far this year. I know that was hot in 2018, but I've never really seen anything that necessarily is for or against backing a team that winds up losing game one. And I think that it's just very important to just, for lack of a better term, do the work, actually handicap the situation itself, rather than being like, oh, 
Team X wanted losing in game one. Let's take him in game two. I'm with you. You cannot do it blind. Trend betting is definitely very difficult. And that trend really doesn't exist too much this year. You're basically just flipping a coin. And you can make an argument about flipping a coin right now. But nonetheless, what I think is a interesting point with these teams, we're looking at maybe some of the bottom feeding teams. Not really maybe, Greg. We know these are not the best teams in baseball right now. But what I think that's going to lead to is both teams trying to get the win early. I expect that the first game might be a little bit more competitive. You'll probably see the better relieving pitchers come in, maybe a little bit more offense. And then the second game, I think that you might see the pitching maybe take over, the, a couple hitters resting in the second game. That's been the case with the Tigers. They've gone under in four of five second games on double headers so far this year. One of the few teams that has played that many games in double headers, but It's been an interesting trend there. So if you like that idea and you watch the game, I think you definitely have an advantage on the books because the games come so short after one another. You can sit there. You can watch to see who of the staff is used. If one team is sort of bowing out, getting ready for that second game, or if there's going to be like a battle to the end to try to win the first one. And depending on what players sit, what players don't, you can start to get a better picture and probably beat the market on whatever you're looking at. And I think that that's such a good point that you wind up bringing up because not just with the Detroit Tigers, but we have found it really big wide. A lot of these doubleheaders, game two has been going under quite a bit as we do have Justin Perry. He does a great job over at Odds Trucker joining me on the podcast. Why do you think this is? Because I think that it's a case in which if you wind up having some sort of like a bullpen game in game one, that's probably something that you wouldn't want to be testing this out with. But I think that in game one, you might wind up seeing a case in which Teams feel like, oh, we absolutely need to get length out of insert your pitcher here in game one. And they might overuse that starter in game one. And then they might wind up leaving a little bit too much in the bullpen for game two. And you mentioned it with tired bats when you're up at like at bat number eight, number nine of the day. It's sort of like, man, I'm starting to get a little bit tired here. And what else I think is interesting with this as well is that you've got these guys that they wind up playing when it's all said and done, typically in these double headers north of six hours of baseball. And typically the most fresh players in game number two are the guys that haven't pitched all day. I'm totally with you on that. And it doesn't hurt that you have the Tigers who have had such a stellar bullpen just to have them with some great arms, maybe that they didn't get to overextend. But yeah, that's exactly what it feels like happens. Managers are maybe too precautious, want to make sure that they have the innings in their bullpen, push their starter too far. Maybe you see a guy who shouldn't be pitching in the sixth, shouldn't be pitching in the seventh, getting that extra inning and probably, you know, getting shelled a little bit, for lack of a better term. I see a lot of potential for that first game to go over, that second game to go under. But we already know that Detroit is one of the best teams for road unders in baseball. So I would probably hold back on that first game, wait to see how it goes, and then look to maybe take that sneaky under, maybe a sneaky like first five under two. But I feel like the whole game is probably the better bet because you will get those rested bullpen arms. But I'd imagine that's the sharp side on the second game for this one. And look no further to what we might have seen on Saturday in terms of Detroit Tigers under. I mean, Cody Clements wound up pitching the final inning of that game for the Detroit Tigers. It was 6-0 after two innings, and the game still wound up going under. I was very appreciative of the efforts of the Detroit Tigers bullpen to be able to claw that one out of the fire. So that was absolutely terrific for the Detroit Tigers entering into the weekend. 
2.6 runs per game on the road. It is absolutely ridiculous what we've been seeing there. That's certainly a trend that I've been taking a look at. And Justin, allow me to spitball this to you because I wound up seeing this man wind up pitching on Sunday. I mean, the guy has been able to do a massive job all season long. But in terms of the futures market, we wind up taking a look at a lot of these teams with long shots to be able to win the division or anything like that. One of the favorite long shots I like right now is not on the board and darn near any book right now. Sandy Alcantara to be able to win the National League MVP. I'm not sure if maybe I'm just off the wagon a little bit on this one, but I take a look at it. Going into Sunday, 11 starts in which he has won seven plus innings. This is a Marlins bullpen that is absolutely brutal. Has lit so many games on fire all season long. The Miami Marlins have actually been able to claw their way back into some assemblance of the National League wildcard race. And I do think that for this to have any legs whatsoever, the Miami Marlins, if they don't wind up making the wildcard, they at the very least need to be pretty close and in the picture. But if the Miami Marlins wind up finishing above 500, they're somewhere in the neighborhood of the playoff race. And Daniel Contra continues his sub-2 ERA. I think he warrants an MVP conversation. I don't know if I'm just completely taking crazy pills here or anything like that, but I want to get your thoughts on it because I just think that we haven't seen anything of what we've seen from Sandy Alcantara in quite a long time, and very rarely do pitchers wind up winning MVP, but I think that he's having that sort of season because if you take Sandy Alcantara off the Miami Marlins, the fall-off that it would have with him being off of that team, I would argue is bigger than any other team being plucked off of any other roster in the big leagues right now. I can't say anything, but I agree. Sandy has been incredible. He has 13 quality starts this year. He's top five in strikeouts Been doing everything. Obviously, 0.2 off of Tony Gonzalez's incredible ERA, but you really can't make the argument that Gonzalez is nearly as vital as Sandy has been for his team going deep into games. Look, I know people are feeling like Goldschmidt's the runaway. He's currently like, I believe, minus 110 or so. Last time I looked to win the NL MVP, he's batting 340, so I get it. But the Cardinals have looked iffy at best. I don't really have a lot of confidence in this team. And I really like what I've seen out of Miami. They're one of these sneaky teams this year, kind of feel a little bit like a, a poor man's Orioles. But I'm really excited about the direction of the Marlins. So I wouldn't call it too crazy to go put a sprinkle on this if you can find it. I'm not sure it's going to get offered. I don't I don't really see it on on really anything right now. So I, I think maybe you got to go ask maybe points bet to make a line for you or something, but it's probably worth it. I wouldn't call it crazy. I like it way more than I like guys like Schwarber and Acuna and Swanson or maybe even like Lindor who are probably getting similar sprinkles from hometown favorites or just, you know, people who trying to think that maybe these players could lead their teams on a run. Sandy's already doing it. And if he can finish strong through the end of the year, I imagine we will see that line posted and who knows what the odds are. Yep. I'm right there with you. I just find it maddening that right now, as I'm seeing it going into Sunday, there was really no place I was offering this. And I'm not saying that everyone should be in agreement and everyone should be online with Sandy Alcantara being the MVP, but I mean, at the very least he deserves to be offered. I'm like, some of these guys that yeah. have like a 220 batting average that we thought that they were going to be good coming into the year, but have been straight down the toilet bowl. And I mean, right now, the odds on favor coming into the season to win National League MVP, Juan Soto. I would certainly put Sandiel Contra in front of Juan Soto right now. So, I mean, yeah. there's my argument for that. But 
With that said, Justin, I know that you do an absolutely amazing job over there at Odds Checker. I know that you've got a lot of irons in the fire in terms of handicapping and some NFT work as well, and you do a great job with all of it. So love the good people at home. Know they're able to follow you on social media and everything they've got going on in general. Yeah, thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. Yeah, we're doing a whole lot of things. Number Edge, we have a great Discord over there. If you're into deep analytics, go check us out. It's just numberedge.gg. I'm sorry, it's discord.gg slash number edge, pretty easy. Collected.xyz is a brand that I've been working to launch. It's really, really cool forward thinking stuff there with a really sharp team. And then of course you can find all my odds checker plays on their Twitter. There's gonna be a lot coming out as we finish the summer. It's gonna be an exciting time. It is certainly gonna be, and Justin is doing an absolutely amazing job taking a look day in and day out at the game of baseball always delivers on this podcast. I've had him on quite a bit because this guy is one of the best and always winds up delivering great insights. Did so once again today. So big thanks to Justin for joining me right here on the baseball betting show. Now part of the Beeson family podcast and coming up next, it is that time to podcast. They give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Monday as we touch them all. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives, like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Businessweek, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, 
I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Always great to get Justin Perry on. He does a great job over there at Odd Checker, a man that is also involved in the NFT world. For those of you guys who are interested there, he does a great job on that front. Also at Numbers Edge, doing a great job taking a look at some modeling with regards to what we get all across the sports scene. Always good to be able to get him aboard. Great insight from him and going to be interesting age at Double Dip today. So big thanks to Justin for joining me in last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. They give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Monday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it. So it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at unit underscore 81. We are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we wind up going with the National League games first, then the American League games, and any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom. That'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy. And on top of the normal DK Nation pick, I am a part of the VSIM Pentathlon, and that is pretty much where we have all these shows, including this podcast making one bet pretty much every single day. I think that there's one day in which we wind up giving out two, but we wind up having to do like one specific bet a day. Today is a total, so the DK Nation pick is going to be on a money line, and then the pentathlon pick is going to be on a total. I want to keep these a little bit separated, so that way I'm giving you guys a little bit more of something. So I'll be picking a total for the pentathlon along the way. It will not be this first game of 901-902 as we go in Las Vegas rotation, which is where we go to Ashley Games first, and then the American League games. No interleague games, so we're good there. But 901-902 on the betting board, the Pittsburgh Pirates. They throw to face off against the Miami Marlins. Trevor Rogers is going to be on the bump for the Fish. And Mitch Keller is on the bump for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is finding themselves anywhere between about a plus 135 to a plus 140 underdog. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Miami, you're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 150 and minus 165. Seven and a half to eight is your total. On the eight, the under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. The over is anywhere between even minus 110. On the seven and a half, over is minus 120 and the under is even. I did wind up setting my total at 7.7 out of 7.5. I'd be setting my total to where I'd be looking at an over and an 8. I'd be taking a look at an under. Right now, the only 7.5 I'm finding is at DraftKings. And, well, being out here in Las Vegas, I don't have access to DraftKings, which means I've got all 8. I'm going to be taking a look at an under with Mitch Keller. Ever since he wound up getting threatened to be taken out of the rotation about a month and a half, two months ago, he's actually been a little bit better for this team now. Last two starts have been far from terrific. A combined nine runs surrendered over the course of ten innings. Really, just the hits in general have been going against him. He wound up giving up a grand total of 19 hits in those two starts, and he's always had a little bit of a walks issue. Has given up five walks over the course of those ten innings, and overall the season for Keller, right around four walks per nine innings. 
Needs to improve upon that a little bit. The swing and miss stuff, it's been okay. It's not been great. It's not been terrible. Right in the neighborhood, about seven and a half strikeouts per nine innings. But has been able to keep the ball in the yard. Right around one home run surrender per nine innings. And this is a Miami Marlins bunch that they have a deal with some injuries to Chad Chislam along with Orde Soler. Their top two home run guys. So that has been hurting them a little bit in terms of the power. And Miguel Ross right now deals with a little bit of an injury as well. So you notice that the Miami Marlins had a little bit of a tough time scoring in that series against the Metropolitans. But that said, reinforcements have come for this team. You do have John Birdie now hitting a 275 for this bunch. Joey Wendell, Brian Anderson, these two guys in between about a 257 to a 267. Got a few guys that have been able to get on base along with Gary Cooper. It's been able to hit about a 300, but you really don't have anyone other than Asus Aguiar, who has been able to give you a double-digit amount of homers. And what has really been helping out the Pittsburgh Pirates here has been the fact that you've been able to have quite a bit of power with this team, as you've got Brian Reynolds along with Michael Perez, Jack Swanziski, all guys that ever since Father's Day, they've had a three-home run game apiece. That has been very impressive to take a look at. Now, you don't necessarily have guys with great consistency of being able to get on base. Ben Gamble, he's now back at the fold. That winds up helping this team out as Gamble throw in there Cabrian Hayes and Brian Reynolds along with Kevin Newman, who's now back at the fold. These guys are in between about a 250 to a 265-ish. Michael Chavis, Daniel Vogelback, they're in the pocket about a 240, but got so many guys like Hoy Park, Onyo Cruz throwing their Swazinski, and Michael Price went throughout there a little bit earlier. Josh Van Meter, all these guys in a 220 or lower. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, bullpen has really not been good over the last three days. They're in the bottom three in terms of bullpen ERA. Eric Stout is not someone that you're able to trust in. Chris Strand, north of a 5 ERA. Manuel Benuelos, not necessarily too terrific. David Bernard, Tyler Beatty. I trust in these guys along. Chase DeYoung, who's been able to be a relatively solid long guy for the Miami Marlins. Well, the bullpen it has not been terrific this year. Bottom half of the league in terms of bullpen ERA. Richard Blyer, Dylan Floro, they're not necessarily doing a great job. I do like Stephen O'Kurt. He's been able to give you right around a 250 ERA and you've been able to get a little bit more recently out of a few of these long guys. Someone like an Elias Hernandez I think is going to be intriguing out there in the bullpen since they're now using him in that role but neither of these bullpens necessarily too stellar but I do think that Trevor Rogers going to have a little bit of a turnaround. What has been fascinating about Trevor Rogers is that he has been significantly worse at home than on the road. 798 home ERA compared to a 395 ERA on the road. Big thing has been seven home runs given up in 29 and a third innings with a pitcher-friendly ballpark like this. I do think that we're going to see some positive progression from him and with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Been one of the most porous offenses out there in baseball, but with the Pirates as well, I think that they're going to get a good start out of Mitch Keller. Anything of a plus 142 or greater, I'm going to be willing to take a shot on the Pittsburgh Pirates. Right now, we're sitting right around a plus 140 when Juice winds up being a little bit more, shall we say, mitigated. I do think that this is going to end up being a play on the Pittsburgh Pirates. This should be able to get to a plus 142. I need a penny or two of movement, and we should be seeing that in the AM, so I'm going to be taking a look at the Pittsburgh Pirates with that regard, and here at an 8, going to be taking a look at it under. 903 904 on the betting board. It is the Philadelphia Phillies. They throw out their facing off against the St. Louis Cardinals as Miles Michaelis is going to be going for the cards and Aaron Supernola is going to be on the bump for the Phillies. The Phillies find themselves anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at St. Louis, find them anywhere between plus 104 and minus 105 with 7.5 being your total. On the 7.5, the under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. The over is anywhere between even and minus 110. And with Michael Lewis company, I did wind up saying the St. Louis Cardinals says more around a plus 112 underdog, seeing a minus 105 out there. With the Philadelphia Phillies, that is certainly appealing to me. Heck, even something like a minus 110 my, up to a minus 112, I'm going to be willing to take a shot here. 
with Aaron Nola. Throughout his career, he's always had a little bit of a worse ERA on the road rather than at home, but he has really been able to do a good job of being able to pitch well on the road thus far this season as he's actually got a 213 ERA on the road compared to a 415 ERA at home, giving up just three home runs at 55 innings when he's been on the road, and the command has been stellar with Aaron Nola. Right around 1.3 walks per nine innings, and then for Miles Michaelis, he has a 5-7 and seven record, but he doesn't deserve that 5-7 and seven record. A 272 ERA, rock solid at home with a 260 ERA, very nearly pitch at no hitter against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Does a good job keeping the ball in the yard, giving up right around one home run per nine innings. Opponents overall hitting a 212 off of him, not necessarily supreme. Swing and miss stuff, he's been able to get in the neighborhood of about seven strikeouts per nine innings. Meanwhile, with Aaron Nola, more around nine and a half. And for the St. Louis Cardinals, been a little bit rough for the offense. They were finally able to exceed three runs yesterday, but I mean, four runs are fewer for this bunch in all but one of their games this month, but how to feel like the bats are going to be able to get online very soon. I do think that it's still going to be a little bit tough in this one, but I do think that there's going to be a little bit of improvement for the Cardinals. Maybe deal with some banged up guys, which is why guys like Umando Sosa, Austin Romine, Lars Newpar are starting to see some at-bats, but even with that, you still have Dylan Carlson, Tommy Edmond, Juan Yepes, Nolan Gorman, only between about a 248-2260 for this bunch. Nolan Arenado, he's been able to hit 290. He's been able to slug out 17 home runs. Paul Goldschmidt got the day off yesterday, but he should be back hitting at 340. He's been able to give you 19 home runs. And for the Philadelphia Phillies, Kyle Schwarber has been amazing. 28 home runs, only in a 222, but more like a 335 in terms of his on base. Reese Hoskins over the last three days, hitting well above a 300 overall for the season. He, Matt Beerling, Nick Cassiano, Steedy Gregorius, GAT Riamuto, Yario Munoz, all these guys are in between about a 235 to a 255. And for Hoskins, he's really been able to supply the boom for the team. 17 home runs. They wound up giving this young guy by the name of Derek Hall some at bats. And Derek Hall has looked very good in his small sample size thus far. Been able to do a solid job getting on base, hitting right around 285. And for the Philadelphia Phillies, over the last, we're going to call it 19 days, they've got the number one bullpen out there in the big leagues. I don't know if it's going to be lasting for much longer, but Corey Knable in the seventh inning has been able to do a solid job. Right hand, Sir Anthony Dominguez. They've got a sub-150 ERA for both of them, so they've been able to come through. They've been able to hold down the fort. And then for the St. Louis Cardinals, really solid bullpen of their own as well. Genesis Cabrera is someone that's able to give you a little bit of length. Junior Fernandez has yet to give up an earned run this season. Ryan Elsley has been lights out for this team. Sub-1 ERA. You've even got someone like a Packy Non who's able to give you multiple innings. So I do think that this is going to be a very well-pitched game. Semi-total at a 7.2. I'm looking under, but I give Aaron Ola a little bit of an advantage here because he does wind up getting a little bit more swings and misses. I'm willing to lay up to a minus 112 with the Phillies. So look at Phillies and looking under 905, 906 on the betting board. It is the New York Mets in the red face off against the Atlanta Braves as Mad Max Freed is going to be going for the Bravos and Mad Max Scherzer is going to be on the bump for the Mets. In the Battle of Maxis, it is Scherzer who finds himself the underdog. Anywhere between even money and plus 112. Meanwhile, with the Bravos, anywhere between minus 119 and minus 125. Seeing straight minus 115. Your price on them. Total is anywhere between 7 and 7.5 on the 7. Over is minus 115. The under is minus 105 on the 7.5. Under is minus 125. And the over is plus 105. I do think that this is going to be another just absolutely stellar pitching matchup. You do have yourself a pair of teams that they do a good job of being able to reach base as well. So it makes it a little bit tricky with this handicap, but I default to the good pitching in this one. I did wind up setting my toll at a 6.8, so I'm going to be taking a look at the under, but I do wind up making the Atlanta Braves more on a minus 135 favorite. 
a little bit tough for the New York Mets coming into this one as they're coming off an extra inning game. They didn't have to use too much of their bullpen because Simon Walker did wind up lending a very good start, but you still have your question marks when it comes to this Mets bullpen as they're currently dealing with a little bit of an injury to Chase and Shreve, and on top of that, there's been a lot of guys that you just expected a little bit more from this year. Some like a Seth Lugo as right around a 360 ERA. You haven't necessarily been able to get a ton out of Joey Rodriguez. He's posting up nearly a 470 ERA. You've had someone like an Adam Adovino be able to step up. He's been able to do a solid job along with Colin Holderman. Both of these guys, a sub 280 ERA, but you are going to need to have Max Scherzer just be his normal dominant self. And he was that against the Cincinnati Reds, six scoreless settings, but you could tell that he was still on a little bit of a pitch count. So then as you a tad bit tepid there. Meanwhile, with Max Fried, he's been able to do a really solid job with this Atlanta Braves team, being able to lend at least five and two-thirds innings in every one of his starts ever since the middle of April. He has won at least five and a third, so he's pitched into the sixth inning in every start thus far this season. And the swing and miss stuff, I mean, on a scale of one to ten, it's more like a seven because he's getting right around eight and a half strikeouts per nine innings, but has been amazing at keeping the ball in the yard, giving up a half home run, Per nine innings at home, he's actually been a little bit worse than on the road. 266 home area compared to a 227 road area, but I feel like he's backed up by a little bit of a better lineup when it comes to this Atlanta Braves bunch. You do have a guy that's been able to give you north of 20 home runs, 23 to be exact, in Austin Riley. He's now hitting a 282. He's been hitting right around a 325 over the last three days. It's been amazing to take a look at. Ronald Acuna Jr., Dansby Swanson, Matt Olson, along with Riley, all have at least a 345 on base. Swanson hitting above a 300. He's been able to slug out 14 home runs as far this season. You've been able to get some good at-bats out of Michael Harris, the second at the bottom of the fold. He's been able to get a 300 for this team. Orlando Arce is able to get on base. And then on the flip side for the New York Mets, you do have Pete Alonso led the big leagues in terms of home runs on the road last season. And just a bunch of guys in general at the top of the lineup that are able to get on base because you've got Alonso, Marcana, you're able to throw in their Brandon Nimmo. All these guys hanging between about a 265 to a 275. Francisco Lindor, north of 50 RBI for this bunch. Luis Colorme, Jeff McNeil, both of these guys hanging above a 300. But I do think that the Braves, they've got a very big bullpen advantage. They've now got Taylor Mazik back in the fold. AJ Minter has been able to provide a sub-2 ERA. Even someone like a Jesse Chavez has been solid. Dylan Lee has a sub-2 ERA. Will Smith doesn't necessarily elicit a lot of confidence, but a sub-3-5 ERA out of him as well. So I do give the advantage to the Braves. I think that they've got a better lineup and a little bit of a better bullpen in a game in which I think is going to feature some very good starting pitching. Set by total at 6.8, looking under one layup to about a minus 135 here with the Braves. So going to be going with the Braves as well. 907-908 on the betting board. We're going to make this a pentathlon total pick as we've got the San Diego Padres in the red face off against the Colorado Rockies. Jose Ureña is going to be going for the Colorado Rockies and Sean Meneas on the bump for the Padres. The Padres are finding themselves in between a minus 142 to a minus 150 favorite and the Rockies anywhere between a plus 125 to a plus 132 and your total on this game it is 11 half. the over is minus 115 and the under is minus 105. I set my total at a 12.9 so I'm going to be looking at the over this spot and I made the Padres a $2 favorite now with Jose Ureña. He actually provided a really good first start when he wound up going out there on the mound against the LA Dodgers but this is going to be his first start at elevation. 
This is not a guy that gets any swings and misses whatsoever. And you just take a look at the track record of Jose Yerenia and he Yerenia's all over games. As this is a guy that he has posted up at least a five ERA since the beginning of the 2019 season when he was with the Miami Marlins. This is someone that does not do a great job in terms of the command. His strike out to walk rate since the beginning of the 2020 season is hovering right around a 1.4. This guy gives up all sorts of contact whatsoever, and I recognize that the San Diego Padres, not necessarily a team that is known for ripping the cover off the ball when they are at home, but on the road, it's a completely different story. This is a Padres team that they are actually in the top three in the National League in terms of runs per game on the road with a little bit over five. So when they wind up going to elevation, this is a team that they absolutely love to hit. And Manny Machado has been terrific for the San Diego Padres team as he's hitting a 310. He's failed to provide 12 home runs as far this season. You've got a lot of consistency with this team as Jose Azucar, Jay Cronenworth, Oreo Faloro, along Luke Voigt. They're in between about a 230 to a 240. Eric Cosmer has been able to get on base in about a 275. So you do have quite a few guys that are able hold down the fourth there. It's not necessarily the world's most trustworthy bullpen for the San Diego Padres as Nabella Christman has been relatively solid for the team and you may have been able to get some solid innings out of Craig Salmon as well. Taylor Rogers, a relatively solid reliever as well and I recognize that the Colorado Rockies have been a little bit better in their bullpen over the last 30 days. Over the last 30 days right around about a 3-5-ish ERA but they're still in the bottom five in the big leagues Overall, in terms of their ERA out of the bullpen, Tyler Kinley, their best reliever, is currently out of the fold. He is done for the season. And you just take a look at some of these guys. Robert Stevenson has a 6 ERA. Ty Block, their long guy, right around a 4-9 ERA. Justin Lawrence has provided north of a 5 ERA. Carlos Acev is nearly a 5 ERA. And you can't think that Jose Ureña necessarily going to be providing a ton of length. He did wind up going 6 to 2 thirds innings against the LA Dodgers, but he was dodging a lot of bullets in that game. Only wound up getting two strikeouts. And for Sean Manea, it has been all over the place with him this season. He's got a 388 roadie ERA compared to a 454 home ERA, but he just doesn't have any consistency in terms of his velocity. It winds up adjusting like 2 to 3 miles per hour on a start-in and start-out basis. He has been giving up right around 1.2 home runs per 9 innings. Command hasn't been there. Nearly 3.5 walks per 9 innings. One's only a 225 off of him, but this is a Colorado Rockies team that average right around 5.9 runs per game at home. They do a great job of being able to rip the cover off the ball like a C.J. Crone, for instance. 15 home runs at home, 5 home runs on the road. Brendan Rodgers, he's got 8 home runs this season. They have all come at home. This is a rocky team that they provide 1.3 home runs per game at home compared to about 0.5 to 0.6 home runs per game on the road. So I think that we are going to see an explosion of runs here. My total for the Beeson Pentathlon going to be on the over. I set this total at a 12.9 and with the Padres, I think they win this game by multiple runs. I think the Yarenia is going to Yarenia all over this game. I'm currently finding the run line of the Padres anywhere between a plus 105 to a plus 115. I think that they win this game by multiple runs, set them as a $2 favorite on the money line. I was willing to take them as a relatively sizable favorite on the run line. So we're going to be taking the Padres getting a plus price on the run line and the pentathlon pick going to be on the over. 909910 on the betting board. The Arizona Diamondbacks hit the red face off against the San Francisco Giants. Alex Cobb is going to be going for the Giants and Merrill Kelly is on the bump for Arizona. Arizona is finding themselves in between a plus 135 to a plus 143 underdog. Meanwhile, if you're looking at San Francisco, it's anywhere between minus 153 and minus 165. 7.5 is your total. Over is minus 115 and the under is minus 105. I did wind up saying my total at a 7.7, so I'm going to be taking a look at an over and with the Giants, I want to making them a minus 160 favorite. If you take a look at the run line, 
in this fight. You're finding it anywhere between about a plus 130 to a plus 135. I did need at least a plus 130 to be able to nibble on the run line, but we've seen this come down to a minus 153. I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to wind up going on the money line. I typically don't like to play this chalky of a money line, but the reason why I'm going to play the money line rather than the run line is that with the San Francisco Giants, you don't necessarily feel safe with this bullpen. Last year, they were number one in the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. As far as the season, they're in the bottom half of the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. You've been able to have a few guys, John Brebbia along with Camilo Duvall. You're able to throw in there someone like Jarlon Garcia. That would be able to provide a 3-3 ERA or greater, but Mauricio Lovera is nearly a 5 ERA along Zach Liddell, Jose Alvarez. It's been a little bit of a hot mess along Jake McGee and for the years in the Diamondbacks, Joe Manatipoli, Sean Pop, and Kyle Nelson have been relatively solid out there in the bullpen, but when you wind up getting into guys like Mark Melanson, when he's been out there, J.B. Wendelkin, as he's been dealing with a little bit of an injury, Edwin Yuseta, these guys have been providing a 5 ERA or worse than for the years in the Diamondbacks. It's intriguing to take a look at the way that this team has been able to hit bombs on the road. They're averaging over a home run and a half per game on the road compared to less than a home run per game at home. One of the weirdest splits I've ever seen. Like, Christian Walker has been able to give you 21 home runs thus far this season. He's been able to do a relatively rock-solid job, but there are just some of these guys that they are really hitting the deep ball on the road. Like, Dalton Varsho, for instance, he's got 7 out of his 12 home runs. They have on coming on the road to this far this season. Guys like David Peralta, Alec Thomas, they have a single digit amount of homers. Most of those have on coming on the road. And for the years in the Diamondbacks, they ride around only about a 225 on the road, but they do a good job of being able to supply that power. And really, other than Alec Thomas and Ketel Marte, are both hitting above a 250. Not a lot of guys getting on base. And for the San Francisco Giants, they've been averaging right around 4.7 runs per game at home, despite the fact that their power numbers are way down from last season. You now have Omar Flores, who's been able to give you 12 home runs. He's hitting at 250, Thario right around at 255 along Jock Peterson, and Jack Peterson is 17 home runs. He's the only guy outside of Omer Flores who's been able to give you more than 8 home runs thus far this season, and you just have a lot of guys in this lineup that are sort of hitting in between, I would call it about a 215 to a 231, Kirk Caselli, Mike Yastrzemski, Brandon Crawford, along with Darren Ruff, Austin Wins, Brandon Belt, so it's been a lot of underachievement thus far this season for this team. And for Merrill Kelly, he always winds up pitching a little bit better whenever he is at home. As a matter of fact, ever since he wanted getting to Arizona, his ERA is more than a full point better at home rather than on the road. Thus far this season, it's been a little bit more equal. 355 road ERA compared to a 334 ERA at home. Has been able to do a nice job keeping the ball in the yard, giving up right around a half home run per nine innings. Walks are a little bit of an issue, right around 3.1 to 3.2 walks per nine innings. But overall, has been able to do a solid job with both of these teams not necessarily backed up by great bullpens. And for Alex Cobb, the um, ERA is a little bit of a Medusa as his fielding independent hovers right around three, but he's got an ERA that is north of a 4-7 thus far this season. He has been incredibly unlucky on balls and play. He's gotten a little bit overnight strike cuts per nine innings. He's given up right around .8 home runs per nine innings. Now, at home, he's been significantly better than on the road. 345 home ERA compared to a 631 ERA on the road. I do think the positive progression in here for Alex Cobb. So, I did wind up saying my total at a 7.7. I think that the 7.5, just a little bit too low. I'm going to be taking a look at the over end. I'm going to play it safe here with that Giants bullpen and just wind up taking the money line. Now, we wind up hitting a double dip. So, we're going to do these games all together. 9-11, 9-12 going to be in conjecture with 9-19, 9-20. We're going to go with the first game, the early one of the Detroit Titans. 
Tigers and the Kansas City Royals first. So this is Brian Keller going for the Royals and Michael Pinedo, but it not be Michael Pinata for the Tigers. With the Tigers, you're going to be finding them in between plus 125 and plus 128. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Kansas City, it's anywhere between minus 135 and minus 145. 9.5 is your total. The under is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. The over is anywhere between even and minus 105. And I did wind up saying the Royals at a minus 138. So seeing the minus 135 that is out there, I am going to be willing to lay it. Brad Keller has been able to do a very solid job at home, and for Brad Keller, the hallmark of him has always been being able to keep the ball in the yard, as he has been someone that thus far this season has given up right around 1.1 home runs per nine innings, which is actually pretty high for him, but with Brad Keller, he has been giving up right around one home run per nine innings at home, and what has been good about him is he's been able to cut down on the walk. Someone that for his career coming into the season right around 3.7 to 3.8 walks per nine innings, more like three this season, which is big because never been much of a swing and miss guy, 5.9 strikeouts per nine innings, and for Michael Pineda, keeping the ball in the yard is the name of the game for him as well, and as far as the season, he's had a little bit of a tough time with that. Seven home runs given up over the course of seven starts, and the reason why I can't take the Detroit Tigers here is that they just aren't backed up by a lineup that generates a lot of runs. They're averaging 2.6 runs per game on the road, and the entire Detroit Tigers team, they've got less home runs than the duo of Anthony Rizzo and Aaron Judge on the New York Yankees. It's just deplorable, and you've got Avi Baez right now leading the team in home runs with nine as he, Eric Haas, Jonathan Scope, Robbie Grossman, Spencer Torkelson, Jamir Candelario, you're able to throw in there Cody Clements. All these guys, really, aside from Haas, are in a 213 or lower. Haas has actually been able to raise his average to a 235. Yippee skippy there. Riley Green, he's been able to give you right around 245, but you got a light inning team. And then for the Kansas City Royals, you've had a tough time getting a lot of power for this team as Bobby Wood Jr. right now leading the way in home runs with 12. Andrew Benatendi has been a nice table setter for the team as he's been able to hit right in that neighborhood about a 315. So he's been able to do his job, but you do have a lot of guys towards the bottom lineup. Nikki Lopez, Kyle Isabel, along with Cam Gallagher, Vinny Pesquinto, along with MJ Melendez. All these guys hitting at 235 or lower. Bobby Wood Jr., Whitmere Field. They're both hitting right around about a 240. Manuel Rivera spent a little bit up and down in terms of the way that he's been able to And then you do take a look at this Kansas City Royals bullpen. And having Josh Damon out of the fold has really been hurting this team a little bit. It seems like he is relatively close to returning. May or may not be available for this series. I'm sort of banking on him not being available. But that said, that does wind up helping them out a little bit. Scott Barlow, he's got a sub-3 ERA. Taylor Clark has been a little bit better recently, but still is posting up north of four ERA. Amir Garrett has been a completed utter hot mess out there in the bullpen. Jackson Coar, along with Wyatt Mills. Both of these guys have north of a 5 ERA, but as I said, this is a Tigers team that is very light hitting in. For the Tigers, they're in the top five in terms of bullpen ERA. Michael Fulmer is able to give you multiple innings. He's been very good out there in this bullpen. Alex Lang has been able to do a supreme job of being able to give you some really good innings as well. So, you've had a Tigers bullpen that you're really able to bank on, which is why they've been playing over 60% of their games the under, and I think they're going to get another under here, so my total at an 8.8, but with that said, I also did wind up making the Kansas City Royals here a minus 138 favorite, so I'm going to be willing to ride with the Kansas City Royals in this spot on the money line, and I'm going to be taking a look at the under, and then in the other game, 919-920, you've got Alex Fajardo who's going to be on for the Tigers, and Daniel Lynch, he is going to be on the bump for the Royals, and the Royals once again find themselves a mid-size favorite, anywhere between minus 130 and a minus 140, meanwhile, anywhere between plus 115 and plus 120, that is going to be your price on the Tigers, and if we can get a Tigers more run of plus 125, I'd be willing to nibble there. If you're taking a look at the run line, this is something that is relatively chalky in terms of the run 
online as right now you're finding if you're looking to get a run and F with the Detroit Tigers right around a plus 165. So as of right now, I'm going to be gauging some line movement, try to see if we can get a couple pennies better on this Detroit Tigers team because I'm going to call it what it is. I don't think that there's going to be a lot of steam that is going to be coming in on the Kansas City Royals. And for Daniel Lynch, it has been a very tumultuous season for him and Going to be his first start in quite a while as he was on the injured list for a bit. And prior to the injured list was posting up right around a 495 ERA. And the swing and miss stuff for Daniel Lynch has been pretty solid thus far this year. A little bit over nine strikeouts per nine innings. But what is a little bit troubling with him, 620 home ERA compared to a 415 ERA on the road. And the walks per nine rate, that is a little bit north of four. Meanwhile, Alex Fajardo, he actually wound up getting off to a really nice start. This is someone that in his first seven starts went five or six innings in in every one of them, giving up one to two runs in all of them. He's now given up three plus runs in each out of his last four starts, going four and a third innings or less in every one of them. So things have went straight down the toilet bowl for this gentleman and what he's been able to do in that time span. He's got a 10-20 ERA over his last four starts. So it certainly has been a tough stretch for him. Opponents are getting a 286 off of him. Not necessarily great strikeout numbers, right around 7.3, 7.4 strikeouts per nine innings. His walks per nine rate hovers in the neighborhood about 3.7. And for the Tigers, they do back him up with that little bit of a better bullpen. But I do think that Daniel Lynch is going to be able to come up and I do think that he's going to be able to lend a relatively solid performance here. Prior to him going on the injured list, he had given up a combined two earned runs in his previous two starts, both road starts against the Angels and the Oakland A's. So I'm going to be willing to take the Royals if I'm able to get them at right around a minus 124. But that said, this is once again one of these spots in which I'm going to be waiting on a little bit of line movement. And we certainly should be getting that after game number one. So what I'm going to be taking a look at is if the Tigers wind up getting to right around a plus 125 or greater. And honestly, as I do this, DraftKings wind up going to a plus 125. I don't have access to DraftKings, but if I did, I would be taking that right now. Should be able to get that line out here in Vegas. So getting a plus 125, if that does wind up coming about, that'll be my play there on the Tigers. And once again, another spot in which I'm going to be taking a look at the under with the way that the Detroit Tigers have not been great on offense. And we were talking about that angle of taking a look at game two unders in double gyps with Justin Perry as well. So I'm going to be taking a look at that nine and a half under as well. We move on to a game that is currently off the board, 9-13, on the bang board. The Boston Red Sox hit the road to face off against the Tampa Bay Rays. Matt Weisler is going to be going for the Rays. That's pretty much an opener for a bullpen game. And Brian Bellow is on the bump for the Boston Red Sox. This is a game that's off the board. And for those of you fans of the movie Minions, you know that the Minions, instead of saying hello, they say Bellow. And with Bellow, I wound up sending him as a plus 155 underdog. So more like goodbye to any sort of a bet on him. As with Mr. Bellow, in his first start, it didn't necessarily wind up going as planned. This is going to be the second time he's going to be facing off against the Tampa Bay Rays. But start number one, went four innings, gave up four runs. Three walks in those four innings, and that's really the fear that you wind up having with Brian Bellow. He's not someone that is going to be able to give you great length because the command, it is a little bit all over the place. Now, I think that he's got a lot of potential. I think that this is someone that a few years from now, the Red Sox are going to be able to rely upon, but this is probably going to be with reinforcements coming on the way for the Boston Red Sox relatively soon. One of his last starts for quite a while. You take a look at what he wound up doing at the minor league level earlier this season. Three and a half walks per nine innings up. He was getting right around 12 punch-outs 
per nine innings and a 10 and four record overall between double A and triple A. But a lot of that is because he's out there in leagues in which it's not necessarily conducive to hitting. Now he's having to go up against a Tampa Bay Rays team that reinforcements have come a long way for them as Juan Franco along with Randy Odorizarena. Both of these guys in between about a 255 to 265. The Rays got to figure that they're going to be coming into the series hungry after they wound up getting embarrassed by the Reds in their weekend series. You saw the NDGS, G-Man Choi giving you an on-base percentage worth of a 375 with the NDGS hitting right around 300. Harold Ramirez has also been able to hit right around 325. You do have a couple guys that have been relatively untrustworthy in terms of the bat as Vidal Brujan, Brett Phillips, Luke Rayleigh throwing their Taylor Walls, Yu Chang, Rene Pinto, all these guys. They're hitting a 205 or lower, but Isaac Paredes, he has been able to do a very solid job of being able to go yard for the team, has been able to slug out 13 home runs thus far this season, but you take a look at the last three days from nine home runs and hitting a 280, so he's been able to find a little bit of lightning in a bottle there, and for the Tampa Bay Rays, they did wind up having to use up a few bullpen pieces yesterday, like a Phoenix Sanders, and for Sanders, he's actually been one of the better relievers for the team thus far this season, but Jason Adam is someone that's able to give you a sub-2 ERA, the starter that is going to be going in this one, Matt Weisler, he's Typically, guy that's going to give you right around two or so innings, and he's been able to do a nice job holding down the fourth thus far this season. 260 ERA. You got to figure that he's really not going to be going north of two innings, and probably going to be a spot in which we're going to be seeing quite a bit of Josh Fleming as well. And with Fleming, he wound up going five innings the last time there was an opener for him against the Boston Red Sox, and he gave up four runs, three of which were earned. Should be able to keep the ball in the yard a little bit more here against the Red Sox at home as Fleming throughout his career, and it's always been a little bit of a better go for him at home rather than on the road. You go back to his 2021 numbers since he's got a small sample size for this year. 880 road ERA compared to a 228 home ERA. And the big reason why, he gave up 9 home runs and 45 innings on the road, 2 home runs and 59 and a third innings at home. So he's got a good track record of being able to keep the ball in the yard and for the Boston Red Sox as well. They're going to be coming off of a Sunday night baseball game. We wound up talking about that a little bit earlier with our good friend Justin Perry. And for the Boston Red Sox, they're right now dealing with a little bit of an injury to Rafael Devers as well. That is not necessarily too terrific for this bunch. So even with Rafael Devers dealing with that injury, you still have Jaron Duran along Christian Vasquez, J.D. Martinez, Sander Borgers, and Rob Revsider all having a batting average above a 275 for the team. But you're just really lacking a lot of power. The main guy that's able to give you power without Rafael Devers at Trevor Story, 15 home runs. But hitting right around at 220 right now, you just expected a little bit more out of him. Alex Verdugo has been able to do a nice job getting on base, hanging well above a 300 for this bunch over the last three days. But for the Boston Red Sox, they did not get the start that they were looking for out of Nick Pavetta yesterday, so that meant that the bullpen was out in full force, so that is going to set them behind the eight ball a little bit as well for Mr. Bellow, as you've had Ryan Brazier have a little bit of a tough season north of a four ERA. Austin Davis has actually been very good. Sub two ERA for he, along John Schreiber, Matt Stram, he's able to lend a little bit of length, and now they've got Phyllis Valdez back, but he's had a little bit of a tough season. He's probably going to be making his first or second appearance since the middle of June, and he's got north of a five ERA as well, so I do wind up saying the Rays, despite the fact that it is a bullpen game, a minus 155 favorite, and I'm making my total an 8.3 and 8 or less looking at an over 8.5 or higher to the under. Now we wind up going to the DK Nation pick of 9.15-9.16 on the bank where the Cleveland Guardians are going to be playing us to the Chicago White Sox as Lance Lynn is going to be on the bump for the Sox and Cal Quantrill on the bump for the Guardians. The Guardians, they are finding themselves a little bit of an underdog. You're finding them anywhere between minus 102 to a plus 105 and with these outsiders, it's anywhere between minus 108 and minus 120. Nine is your total and the juice is all over the place. Over and under anywhere between even and minus 120 and DK and Asia pick 
Kiara is going to be on the Guardians. I want to make them a minus 128 favorite. They let me know when I made them the DK Nation pick on Friday, but we're going to go back to them as this is a Guardians bunch that they have not been able to hit a lot of home runs at home. Only about 0.6 home runs per game at home, but Cal Quantrill's a pretty steady Eddie guy, not a gentleman that is going to give you a lot of strikeouts. As right now, strikeouts per nine rate right around a 5.6, but what he does a good job of is just keeping things in control, giving up right around one home run per nine innings, 2.7 walks per nine, opponents at home, only about a 2.24 off of them overall, and the big thing with this is Lance Lynn has been a hot mess ever since he wanted coming off the injury list. He has made five starts. He has given up at least three runs in four of them, and this is a gentleman that is still getting right around nine strikeouts per nine innings, but the home run stuff, he has been giving up a lot of hard contact in general, a little bit over nine hits per nine innings, and it's not because he's getting unlucky or anything like that. He's just not the same guy that he was last season, and it seems like he's still a tad bit injured. He has been able to do a solid job in his two road starts with a 261 ERA, but once again, a very, very small sample size there, and it's not like he's backed up by a very good bullpen. This is a White Sox team that along with the Cleveland Guardians, they're sitting in between 15th and 20th in terms of bullpen year out there in the big leagues. Kendall Graveman, Liam Hendricks, these guys have been lights out for the White Sox in the 8th and ninth inning, but really past that. Joe Kelly has north of a 70 ERA. Matt Foster posting up an ERA that's north of 5. Graveman and Hendricks both wound up getting used up yesterday along with Ronaldo Lopez and Jimmy Lambert who have arguably been your best two relievers outside of Graveman along with Liam Hendricks. So that's a little bit of an issue. Now with the Chicago White Sox, you've got a lot of guys in the middle. They're able to get on base for this team. Tim Anderson hitting well above a 3 and then Andrew Vaughn along with Jose Abreu and Luis Robert hitting between about a 287 to a 397 with Abreu hitting more around a 330 over the last 30 days. They do have Eloy Jimenez back at full. That is going to really be able to help this team out, but you got to figure that he needs some reps to be able to get his bearings about him as you've got Jimenez along with Adam Engel who's now fresh off the injured list as well. Josh Harrison, Reese McGuire, all guys hitting between about a 225 to 235 this season. Lori Garcia has not been able to find it. AJ Pollock has been up and down this season. And for the White Sox, they're just not slugging out a lot of power either. This is a team that they're in the bottom seven of the big leagues in terms of home runs per game as well. With the Guardians, a lot of their power has been coming on the road as they're only averaging right around 0.6 home runs per game at home. But what the Guardians do is they do a nice job of moving the line. They are the number one team in terms of fewest strikeouts on a per at-bat basis. And just take a look at all these guys. Andres Jimenez. Oscar Gonzalez, Josh Naylor, Amid Rosario, Jose Ramirez, along with Stephen Kwan, all hitting at least at 274 for this team. Really, other than Gonzalez and Rosario, these guys do a solid job of being able to draw some walks as well. And Jose Ramirez, 66 RBI, 17 home runs with the Guardians. They also do wind up backing up Cal Quantrill with some relatively trustworthy bullpen pieces as Emmanuel Classe has been absolutely lights out as a closer. Sub-2 ERA, he has been terrific. Trevor Steven wound up getting used up yesterday. He's got right around a 3.20 ERA. Anil De Los Santos has been seeing a little bit of regression, but Eli Morgan along Sam Hentages. These guys have been relatively solid out there in the bullpen as well. And it's just a Chicago White Sox team in general that with Tony LaRusa at the home, they've been a little bit rudderless. Now, I will say this about the White Sox. They've actually got a winning record on the road, but I do think that this is going to be a start in which you're going to wind up seeing our good friend Mr. Lance Lynn wind up getting shelled once again. And I do think that the Guardians are going to be able to get on base quite often if they do wind up getting that deep shot. That is going to wind up being a little bit of a crippler for this White Sox team. And I do wind up saying the Guardians minus 128 in this situation. So the DK Nation pick going to be on the Guardians on the money line. So my total at 9.3 as well. So looking over to go along with the Guardians. And we wrap things up with 9.17, 9.18 on the bang board. The Walker, Texas Rangers, they are going to be playing us to the Oakland A's as you've got Adrian Martinez who's going to be going for the A's and Spencer Howard is on the bump for Texas. Texas is back to being a sizable favorite and between minus 160 and minus 
172. Meanwhile, for Oakland, anywhere between plus 140 and plus 152 is your price. Nine is your total. Over is minus 120, and the under is even. And the reason why I'm not doing 919, 920 is because Ray did that with the Tigers and the Kansas City Royals double dip a little bit earlier, so got you guys covered there, but I did wind up seeing the A's at a plus 138, needed at least a plus 140 to be able to take a shot in. We have gotten there. There's just no trusting in Spencer Howard. He wound up putting up some relatively solid numbers out there at the minor league level, but in his last 18 appearances, he has not completed five full innings. This is someone that thus far this season, he's got a 10.97 ERA. He winds up getting recalled to the major leagues, so what happens? He gets shelled again. Four runs given up over the course of four innings against the Baltimore Orioles, and how many times are these people that wind up doing prospecting, and most of them are terrific, by the way. This is not a knock against them, but Spencer Howard is the ultimate master of illusion, and he dupes all these people into thinking that he's actually a good pitcher when he's really just a fraud. It's just absolutely incredible. This guy, the second time through the lineup, opponents for his career, hitting north of a 350 off of him. This guy can't give you any length whatsoever, and that's going to put a... Texas Rangers bullpen that under getting used up quite heavily over the weekend into a little bit of a sticky situation. And the Texas Rangers bullpen is relatively solid. It's in the top 10 in the big leagues in terms of ERA as Brock Burke has been able to give you a sub-2 ERA. You've been able to get some really good innings out of Matt Moore is now posting up a sub-2 ERA along Dennis Santana. John King has not necessarily been there thus far, but by and large, it's been a very solid bullpen. Meanwhile, for the Oakland A's, you do have a couple guys that have been able to come out of the bullpen. They've been able to do a solid job for the team. Domingo Acevedo, Zach Jackson, AJ Puck, Sam Hall, They've all got an ERA of a four or less. You got some untrustworthy guys like Domingo Tapia, Kirby Sneed, and company, but I do think that Adrian Martinez going to be able to give a competent start. I'm not saying that this guy is going to go out there and light the world on fire, but he's given up three runs or fewer in two out of his three starts thus far this season. He wound up getting lit up in a start against the Seattle Mariners, but this is a guy that he has got some okay stuff, has been able to do a solid job in terms of command. He has given up two walks over the course of his first three starts, has really been pitching mostly with the Las Vegas AVA and I think that you've really got to throw the numbers out the window a little bit in terms of the hard contact when it comes to his AAA level numbers just because when you wind up playing for the Las Vegas Aviators you're pitching in a lot of heat on the road you're pitching in elevation as well the PCL is notorious for being a juice ball league and in that juice ball league he was still able to provide 10.5 strikeouts per 9 innings the 3.2 walks per 9 innings that is a little bit more concerning and a little bit more of a tame league while he was over there for the San Diego Padres last year he had more like a 338 ERA his home runs per nine rate was less than half of that that it was this season at the minor league level so I stick a little bit more stock into those numbers but the big thing for the Oakland A's is this is a lineup that is badly struggling but the good news is they might just wind up getting free passes because Spencer Howard has absolutely no idea how to locate whatsoever. This is a Oakland A's bunch that they want to trade away Christian Bethencourt who arguably was their best hitter as the lineup that they trotted out there on Sunday did not have a single hitter hitting above a 237. That is a massive issue. Seth Brown has been able to give this team 10 home runs as far as the season. He's the only guy that has been able to give this team a double-digit bomb bombs. I do think that getting back Stephen Piscotty going to be able to help this team out a little bit. And for the Texas Rangers, they've got a lot of balance in their series against the Minnesota Twins. For the most part, their starting lineup had seven out of their nine hitters with at least 10 home runs. You don't have that one guy that has really taken off and really become the ultimate matcher for this team or anything like that. But you take a look at it. You've got Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, Josh Smith, Adolis Garcia, 
All guys hitting between a 237 and a 245 for Seager and Adelise Garcia. 15 plus home runs of those two guys. Simeon, he's been able to give you right in the neighborhood about 11-ish home runs over the last 45 games. So he's been able to find it in a low. He's been able to hit a 275. He's been able to supply 12 home runs thus far this season. So you've got some good bats when it comes to the Texas Rangers team. And I do think that the Rangers should be a little bit of a favorite because the pitcher is not named Spencer Howard Arcella, but I can't wind to make Spencer Howard much of a favorite. He's one of my lowest rated starting pitchers I've really ever seen. I'm talking like Homer Bailey back in 2018 levels bad. So that is not necessarily too terrific. Being able to get north of a plus 140 here with Oakland, that is appealing to me. I did wind up saying my total a little bit north of nine as well, which is really saying something when it comes to this Oakland lineup and how bad they've been. I set my total at a 9.2, so I'm looking over and I'm going to be taking the Oakland A's with a plus price and that will wrap things up for the Monday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the VEASAN Family Podcast. A big thanks to Justin Perry. He does a great job over there at Odds Checker. He joined me in the last segment. If you do like appearing from this Find podcast, the baseball betting show. You're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcast Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we'll fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at unit underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters DM. Maybe it does not matter. So, as per usual, please send these into the timeline. Otherwise, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five star review coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. That means I'm coming at you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.